Glory. I'm excited to share the Word of God with you today. How's everyone doing? You doing well? Yes. Come on. I just finished my first semester at seminary. Yes. Hallelujah. I got one of my grades back. I got an A. Yes. Glory. Also, I've been praying for facial hair growth. You guys see my mustache growing out? Yeah, you see that? That's supernatural right there. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's foolishness. Um, I'm going to read out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. And so if you guys could turn there in your iPhones, tablets, and physical Bibles, we're going to read. And when you, find, when you get to it, say glory. Dang, you guys don't know how to find it. Come on, glory when you find it. Glory, all right. All right, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Let's pray. God, we just thank you that your spirit is here, God. We thank you that you're here to open up our hearts and our minds to the truth and the revelation of your provision and your love, God. Lord, I pray that you would anoint my lips. I pray no foolishness or inappropriosity would come out. And that, Lord, you would deliver your word and only your word and your truth will stick. We love you, Lord. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This sermon is sparked by um, a story I read, an article I read. Have you guys heard about Tips for Jesus? Yeah, okay, there's this guy, all right? There's this anonymous person, guy or girl, and he's been going around since September from restaurant to restaurant, and after paying for their meal, they leave an extravagant tip, okay? Let me tell you how much. Sometimes he would leave hundreds of dollars for like a $100 meal. Sometimes he'd leave 1000 Sometimes he left $2,000. Sometimes he left 3000 Sometimes he left 5000 Sometimes he left $7,000 at these random restaurants to these random waiters and waitresses after paying for like a $100 meal. Yeah. Radical generosity. And at the bottom, he'd write tips for Jesus. And then, you know, he, he actually made an Instagram. You could hashtag tips for Jesus to see all the receipts that were given. And he was a radically generous giver. And so people have been wondering, who is this guy? Like, who's this guy leaving all these extravagant tips? And finally, one week ago, I read an awesome article, and they found out it was Jack Selby, the former vice president of PayPal. Get it, PayPal. You're receiving some blessing. But you know what? The story is great. I thought it was amazing. But what I got a kick out of was reading all the comments below it. Now, first of all, I saw comments of other people sharing their testimony of how they've given abundantly or extravagantly to people. But you know what the majority of the comments were? Let me read some of them. If I were rich... I would do the same thing. Hey, come on. It said, when I get more money, then I would love to do something like this. And this is my favorite. It said, bruh, if I had that kind of Skrilla, I'd be blessing people's blanks off too. And so all these people are saying, if I had the money, if I had the finances, if I had the abundance, then I would give towards people. But you know what? I realize that a lot of these people are Christians. Some of their username was like John 316 or Mark John 316, whatever. And I realize a lot of these people, they're thinking the wrong way. And so today, what I want to preach about, I was going to call this sermon Impregnate the World, but it sounds too controversial. So I'm calling it Radical Generosity. I believe that God wants his sons and daughters to be radically generous in all that they do. Now, when I'm talking about generosity, I'm talking about finances. I'm talking about time. I'm talking about resources. I'm talking about all of it, okay? God's calling every son and daughter to be radically generous. And you know what I realized? 
You know where we get it from? We're, it's in our nature to be radically generous. It's because God is actually a cheerful giver. He's calling us to be cheerful givers. It's because he's a cheerful giver. Every time he blesses us with something, every time he gives us something, you know what he's doing? He's like, "Woo! I can't wait to see how he reacts. Oh! Maybe not like that. Maybe more reverence. But that's how excited he is. Every time he gives to his children, he's ecstatic. He's a cheerful giver. And you know why I think he calls us to be generous? He wants us to enter into that same joy. Have you guys ever been generous before? Yeah. Doesn't it kind of feel good? A lot of people fear, oh, I'm going to be self-righteous. But you know what? No, it feels good when you're generous. It feels good when you give, when you're able to bless someone. And you know what? We're entering into the nature of God whenever we're generous and whenever we give. And so God desires this for his people. But you know what I find? Just like in the comments I read, there's one great hindrance for people to be radical and generous givers. You know what that is? It's any thinking rooted in poverty. Today, we're going to break that poverty mentality. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? (laughs) All right. (laughs) You know, someone rooted in poverty cannot be generous. I've never seen a homeless guy give me money. I've never seen, I've rarely seen struggling people with their finances give, right? But you know what I realized? Poverty isn't just circumstantial. Poverty is actually... Mental, more than anything. Let me tell you why. In Matthew chapter 12, there was a widow. Everyone looked at this widow and said, she broke. She's poor. She can't even wear nice clothes. She doesn't have anything. All she has is two copper coins. But when it came to take the offering for the Lord, she gave all that she had, the two copper coins. And you know what, Jesus? He was astounded. He looked at this woman, looked at everyone there, and made sure this was known. She said, this woman gave more treasure than anyone else. Even though people gave hundreds of dollars, this woman gave two copper coins, like less than a cent value. She said, this woman gave more treasure than anyone else here. Her life tells me that poverty is not just circumstantial. It's in the mind. Even though this woman was poverty, even though she was circumstantially poor, she operated as a rich woman. And so it's never an excuse to say, oh, I'm broke. You know, I don't have money because God, he wants us to think richly. So what is the poverty mentality? You know, there's a lot of aspects of the poverty mentality, but I'm going to focus on one thing, and it's this. Any area of thinking that comes from a position of lack. If you think you're lacking in any area of your life, your thinking in that area is rooted in poverty. You're actually not thinking from a mindset the Lord has called you to think from. You know, um, ever since I started, if you guys don't know, I'm a hip-hop artist. I know I don't look like it. I'm a little chubby belly. <laughs> squinty eyes but you know ever since (laughs) ever since i started doing music uh one of my good friends christopher he does awesome lhn videos and all that he would always help me out and he would help me make music videos some that have generated thousands of views right and it's always been in my heart like man i want to i want to honor his excellence i want to bless him you know why because nothing irks me more than when christian excellence isn't honored and we make the excuse oh they're christian they understand they're doing it for the kingdom so i won't pay them that irks me (laughs) but you know what i've been doing that for years and years and years with chris and finally he shot this last music video for me if you have seen it um anthony davis the vj he's on a giant white horse and i'm i'm standing next to like a midget white horse and i'm afraid to get on because actually I i was a little too heavy for it but um he shot this amazing video and I wanted to bless him. I wanted to honor him. Yeah. And so I look at my bank account. 
And I was discouraged. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm still giving something. I'm going I'm to I'm Venmo him 25 bucks. And, you know, I was just about to send it. And Laura said, um, what are you doing? I said, what? I'm honoring this man. He's like, oh, he's worth 25 bucks to you? And I thought, but my bit, but I'm lack. And Lord, he touched upon it. He said, Mickey, in this area, you're thinking out of poverty. I redid the amount. I won't tell you how much I sent, but it was my two cents. And I sent it. It was hard. I was like, Lord, I'm going to send this. I'm going to send it. And I finally sent it. And you know what? It felt so good to be radically generous. You know, it's so funny. Chris, he never likes receiving anything. He's so humble. He doesn't want to receive anything for the work he does. But he texted me back in caps, OMG, WTH, what are you doing? And I said, you know what? You deserve it. Your excellence demands my generosity. And you know what? It's hard because I'm trying to save it for marriage. I don't have a boo yet. But you know what? It was hard for me to give. It was hard for me to give. But you know what? I felt connected to God's heart because I was being radically generous. Listen, if there's any area in your life where you feel like you're lacking, whether it's finances or time or energy or joy, you're thinking out of poverty and the Lord wants to break it. Listen, people in poverty, this is why it's such a big problem. People in poverty are only able to think about themselves. I want you to think about any area in your life you feel like you're lacking. What's the first thought? It's like, how do I get more so that I could be okay, so that I could survive? But you know what? The mandate the Lord's given every believer is to be generous, to bless the nations. When God called upon Abraham, he said, I'm going to bless you and your descendants so that you could be a blessing to the world. Our mandate is to be a blessing to the world. But the poverty mentality is so detrimental because it undermines that mandate and we focus only on ourselves. Listen, the Lord's called each of you to be a blessing to the nations. I don't care if you have $5 in your bank account. You're called to be a generous giver and a blesser to the nations. But here's the problem. If it's rooted in our thinking, that's where we got to start and make a change. Your actions and your behavior flow from what you believe yourself to be. That means if, I, if I'm really stingy with my money, right? or if I'm stingy with my time, and I always feel like I'm lacking, I actually believe myself to be a beggar, that I don't have a lot to give. But you know what? When you walk richly and you act richly and you walk in abundance, even if you only have $5 in your bank account, it shows what you think about yourself. It shows that, man, I think I'm royalty and that I have all the resources of heaven at my disposal. You have to know who you are. And you know who you are? You are a prince. You are a princess. In the kingdom of God. You know, positionally, if Jesus is in our hearts and Jesus ascended to be at the right hand of the throne of the Father, where does that put us? Right at the right hand of the throne of the Father. We're right by the Father's side, right next to him on his throne, and we're there positionally. The great thing about the throne room is, is that's where all the authority is delegated. That's where all the resources are pointed and directed. And we have access to all those things as his sons and daughters. Listen, if you feel like you're lacking in finances, I want you to know your daddy's rich. He rich. If you feel like you don't have time, listen, your dad made time for you. Listen, we have all the resources of heaven at our disposal. Please don't get offended by this, but you know what really irks me too? I hate when people just pray about themselves. You know what that's rooted in? That's rooted in poverty mentality. 
You know, I want you to think about your prayer life. If 90% of your prayer life is all about, God, I need this. God, I'm lacking in this. God, help me with this. God, this, that, that. I need, I need, I need. Guess what? You're thinking like a pauper. You're thinking like a poor person. You know what? I love prayer people that, that pray only for other people. You know, it's funny that the Lord told us not to spend our time worrying about what we eat, drink, or what we wear, but that's what most of us spend most of our time praying for anyway. The very thing he told us not to worry about, we actually spend the majority of time praying for those things, but the Lord's called you to a greater place. He says, I, I've given you all that you need, so you don't need to keep asking. You need to know that you have everything in my disposal, and you could release it. No, you're called to use your prayers, your time, your resources, your money to be a blessing to others. You know, I'm a prince, and I want to remind myself of that every day. And so, you know, on my mirror, I wrote, carry yourself like a prince. So every morning when I wake up, I I look in the mirror, and I say, carry yourself like a prince. You know, a few days ago, I I found that someone put an S and another S next to prince. (laughs) And uh, I've been looking at that every day. But you know what? You need to remind yourself that you are a prince. You're a princess. Guys, you're a prince, not a princess. Girls, you're a princess. You're, you're royalty in the kingdom of God. <laughs> and the Lord has abundance for you. But here's the thing. Even though we understand that we have all the resources of heaven at our disposal, it doesn't mean anything unless you've possessed it. Let me say that again. Even if you know that Lord is my provider, he's given me everything. Yeah, I've heard this before, Mickey. I've heard it. But if you haven't possessed it, then it doesn't matter. You can't use what you haven't possessed. You know, when I was little in second grade, I was kind of a loner. And uh, every day during recess, you know, I'd sit with my Hindu friend. And uh, <laughs> we'd just sit at recess and we just... I don't know why. We did this for a whole semester. We wouldn't, we'd get together. We wouldn't say anything. We'd just be like, it's a small world. I... We would sing that all of recess, not saying a word to each other. I didn't even know his name. And, uh, but, you know, we're just so lonely that we just wanted some companionship. You know, I would see all, my popular, all the popular kids playing sports, and I wasn't really good at sports. And so, you know, one day I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to get into this circle. And so I went up to them, and they are playing with their toys. And I was like, hey, guess what? My daddy bought me like 100 G.I. Joe's. And uh, I could give some to you guys. And they're like, oh, yeah. And, you know, they, they were all friendly to me, welcomed me into their group. You know, the truth was my daddy didn't give me 100 G.I. Joe's. <laughs> and so I went home, and I was panicking, like, they're going to expect some G.I. Joe's tomorrow. What am I going to do? And, you know, all I had were Legos and Play-Doh. And so I pulled out all my Play-Doh, and I started trying to make these little action figurines, like, one by one. I made one after one after one. They were pitiful. They're disgusting. But you know what? I was like, all right, maybe they'll buy it. You know, I brought him next day. I brought it to those guys, and they're like, dude, these are fake. And they left me, and I went back to my Hindu friend, and we started singing. Why do I tell you this? <laughs> Not just so you can feel sorry for me. But listen, I can't release what I don't have. Amen. I didn't have no G.I. Joe's, so I couldn't release it. But let me tell you, your daddy could give you all the G.I. Joe's you want. He could give you all the blessings, all the abundance that you want. All we have to do is ask. Listen, possession. I want to talk about possessing your inheritance. What does it mean? It means we're like that woman who had two copper coins. Even though the world looked at her and saw that she was poor, she didn't act. She didn't accept that and act like she was poor. She acted like she, I mean, I imagine when she gave the offering, like she was proud of her two cents. She's like, bam, I'm blinging. You know, I imagine she walked like royalty. She knew who she was. And she was able to walk in abundance as a result. 
You know, one of my favorite stories is my testimony. <laughs> All your favorite stories should be your testimony. But I want to tell you a little brief testimony about my calling. You know, all throughout college years, I asked God, God, what do you want me to do? That's, that's like the plight of every college student. Lord, what do you want me to do? And I thought for, for a little while that I wanted to be a second, third grade elementary school teacher. I'm glad the Lord didn't call me to that because I got some problems. Anyway, um, one year, it was in 2009. I think I was 21. Um, on my birthday, I was like, I'm going to be really holy this birthday. I'm a fast all day. I'm going to leave my house and go up into the mountains, lock myself in a cabin, and just pray all day. And so you know what? That early morning, I left without eating breakfast. I went to San Jose, went up to Prayer Mountain, locked myself in a cabin, and I started praying. And every birthday, someone told me, Mickey, you should ask God for a special birthday gift. And so all day, I was praying, Lord, give me a birthday gift. Give me a special birthday gift. In my mind, I'm expecting like like the fire of heaven to fall down and for me to be sizzling like bacon or like the Lord to take me up into the third heavens or like some kind of trance, you know, to respond to the fact that I'm not eating all day. I thought he was going to give me something crazy. And it got towards 11 o'clock that night. I'm like, Lord, I only have one hour left. Are you ain't giving me nothing. Are you leaving me hanging to dry? And finally, the Lord, in my prayer, he showed me a picture. It was a picture of a little ice cream fish. I wasn't impressed. I don't know why y'all going, oh. I was like, God, I prayed all day. You gave me a little ice cream fish. If, if you're Korean, you guys know it's those little Korean little fish. And I was like, God, I've been praying all day, and you give me a little freaking ice cream fish? Come on, you know? And at first I thought, maybe it's because I'm fasting and I'm starving that I'm thinking about food all the time. But the Lord said, no, there's something to this. And so I asked God, God, what's this ice cream fish about? And Lord took me to the Gospels where Jesus feeds the 5,000. And in that story, it was a little boy with five loaves of bread and two fish. You know, I bet that little boy saw his little five loaves and two fish, looked out into the crowd, saw 5,000 people, and saw, man, this ain't going to feed like barely three people. And, but you know what happened? When he put it in Jesus' hand, Jesus was able to feed the multitudes. And God was saying, Mickey, your whole life, all you felt like was this little boy with this little ice cream fish to offer to people. You have a heart to bless people, but all you feel like you have is this little ice cream fish. He said, Mickey, guess what? Put it in my hand. Bam, I'm going to multiply it and feed the nations with your little ice cream fish. Ice cream for orphans all around the world. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you know what? That day the Lord said, I'm calling you to full-time ministry. You're going to feed the nations. But you know what? You know what the Lord did in that moment? He didn't just give me a calling. He broke off the poverty mindset saying that all I have is this little fish. I can't bless anyone with this little fish. I need it because I might starve. The Lord's saying, watch, put it in my hands, and I'm going to multiply it so you could feed the nations. He broke off the spirit of poverty and told me, Mickey, revelation, you got it. Words, you got it. Sermons, you got it. Praise, you got it. Whatever you want, you got it because I'm your father, and I'll give you all the resources of the kingdom to bless the nations. What does radical generosity do? Radical generosity actually breaks the spirit of poverty over regions and atmospheres. You know, one of my favorite churches is Bethel Church in Reading. And decades ago, this place, they had a nickname for it. It was called Poverty Flats. So many people were in debt. So many people were out of jobs. This place was like a hellhole of, of, of a lack of abundance. But you know what, Bethel Church, even though they weren't big at the time, they started doing something. They felt an unction to start being radically generous to other people around them, 
to the city. So you know what they started doing? They started going to churches, and even though they didn't have a lot of money, they started paying the salary for other churches for them to serve. They started going from church to church, and with the little money they had, they started paying salaries of other people working at other churches. And you know what? These churches were so inspired by their radical generosity that they started giving to other churches the same way. And soon, this whole city was transformed because of radical generosity. They started supporting local businesses. Another big thing, they started supporting Native American landowners. You know, the area that they were in, Native Americans were robbed of their land. And so they, they went and they blessed these people and said, listen, this is yours. You know what happened? Decades later, they ain't known as Poverty Flats anymore. Literally, radical generosity lifted this city out of poverty. Listen, I don't know about you, but I hate walking outside. There's such discouragement and hopelessness on the faces of people. You know, when I walk into the liquor store, I see drunkards. I see people without any hope who are living as beggars and paupers. But you know what? I want to walk one day in Oakland, in East Oakland, or here in Emeryville. Some people say Emeryville's not that ghetto, but I'm from the suburbs, so it's ghetto to me. But I want to walk these streets. And I don't want to see that hopelessness linger. I want to see my city rise out of poverty. I want to see Oakland rise out of poverty. But you know what? It starts when the church takes their mantle to be a blessing to the nations and be radical and generous givers. 20 years from now, I want, I want it to be said that Emeryville and Oakland and Berkeley are prosperous cities. Amen. Come on. Yeah. It's going to happen. Radical generosity does more than just meet people's needs. It releases the testimony of Jesus. From the verse I read, 2 Corinthians 9, 13, it says, Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. Listen, when we're radically generous, we share the testimony of Jesus. You know what? You know what stingy believers, stingy givers, you know what they communicate about the God they serve? They communicate, my God, he doesn't have enough to give to you. Or he'll give to you, but he'll, he'll throw you the scraps. Listen, when we're radically generous, we're actually releasing the testimony that Jesus, he has all that he needs, all that he can give to release to the world. When we walk in radical generosity, we release the testimony of Jesus. And the third thing that radical generosity does is in radical sowing, there's radical reaping. Glory. (laughs) Listen, in the verse it says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Listen, when you are a generous sower, there's a generous reaping. You know, I told you the story about Christopher. I gave him an undisclosed amount. You know, the next two days, I had a a concert out in, in Concord, or it was a revival, and I was rapping there. And, you know, I did, I did something there before, and they didn't give me anything, which I'm fine with. I'm, I love serving for free. Um, and so I went without any expectation. I did my thing, and I was leaving, and the pastor walks up to me, hands me an envelope. I was like, all right, all right. Probably gave me, like, a gift coupon to Starbucks, all right. I open it up. It was a triple the amount of what I gave to Christopher. Listen. There is generous reaping and generous sowing. But you know what? It's not just so that the Lord could repay what I gave. It's actually because I demonstrated that I have a heart to bless nations or bless people. He's entrusting with me with more. Listen, the principle of reaping isn't that you prosper. 
the principle of reaping says that you prosper so that you could be a blessing. Listen, the Lord will only entrust to you what you're ready to steward. He'll only entrust to you what you're ready to steward. You know, I told you the story when I was in, when I was 16, I got my driver's license and um I wasn't ready for a driver's license cuz I got ticket after ticket after ticket. One time I ran from the cops. I won't get into that story. I'll tell you later. But I, I got ticket after ticket. I wasn't responsible. I don't know what my parents were thinking. DMV sent me a letter. and said, Michael Cho, you are amongst California's worst drivers. You're the reason for deaths and accidents on the road. Quote, unquote. That's exactly what it said. I wasn't ready to steward a driver's license. Listen. And I played into my Asian stereotype. But, <laughs> but listen. God's not going to release to you what you're not ready to steward yet. Because he knows you're just going to waste it all. You know, I was so excited 7-Eleven opened down the street. Because I was like, number one, I love 7-Eleven. And number two, it's so close to my house. And it was brand new, shiny. It was literally gleaming with, with like beauty. And I was like, oh, 7-Eleven, it's a mecca for snack lovers. And, you know, I went there the other day. The back alley smells like urine. I walk up to the door. The doorknob's missing. I walk in. It's filthy. There's people all around that. It's, it's just not a fun place to be. Yeah. And you know what I realized? Our city wasn't ready to steward a good and new 7-Eleven. <laughs> but you know what? You place something nice in the hands of someone rooted in poverty, they're going to ruin it. Listen, some of you, you've been praying for blessing. You've been praying, God, give me millions of dollars. But you know what? The Lord knows if he gave it to you, you would wreck it. You would ruin it. You would waste it. You know what he's looking for? He's less concerned with what he's giving you, and he's more concerned with you knowing how to be a good steward. He wants to release blessing on the earth, but unless you know how to steward it, he's not going to entrust you with it. That'll preach. Listen, God, he wants us to take up our mantle of radical generosity. He wants us to bless the nations. But let me ask you, are you stewarding what the Lord's given you right now? I don't care if you have $100 in your bank account. Are you still using that 100 to bless others? Or are you hoarding it to yourself because you feel like you're in lack? Listen, if you want more, you got to learn how to steward what you have, even if it's a little. You know, one of my favorite things is time. That was a weird sentence. I, I love time. What I meant to say, I love when people are generous with their time because I feel special. You know, when I first came to this church, um, I, I used to see Pastor Benjamin and Sonny running around. I'm like, man, they're so cool. And uh, they're probably hecka busy. You know, one day Pastor Sonny walked up to me and said, Mickey, you want to come over to my house on Saturday? I'm going to make you some pho. I was like, I was trying to act cool. Like, yeah, all right. That sounds good. I'll check, I'll check my schedule and I'll let you know. I walk into the corner. I'm like, yes. She invited me. Oh, my God. She's so busy, but she invited me. Listen, when you're generous with your time, people are blessed. People are blown away, especially if people know you to be a busy man. You know, Ken Turner is one of the busiest men I know. And, but when he makes time for me, man, I feel special. Listen, the Lord's calling you to be generous with your time. He's calling you to be generous with your affections. He's calling you to be generous with your money. He's calling us to take up the mantle of generosity. You know, some of you, you've been struggling financially. Some of you have been feeling like you lack. Some of you have been feeling like, I don't have anything to give. But let me tell you the reality that the Lord, he's given you everything. 
All you have to do is possess it and walk in it. I want everyone to close their eyes and if we could get the pianist to come back up. Come on. If you are one of the ones that feel like, man, I'm struggling financially with every eye closed. If you feel like you're struggling financially and you hear this word and you're stirred, you say, I want to be a blesser, but it's just so hard for me because I'm going through this and I'm going through that. If you're struggling financially, if you're struggling, but you want to be a blesser, I want you to raise your hand real quick with every eye closed. You've been going through financial struggle. Maybe you're out of a job. Maybe you're not getting what you need to get. What the Lord wants you to know today is that despite what your bank account says, you are not poor. Lord says, despite what it looks like circumstantially, you are not poor. God's saying, I will never let any of my sons or daughters walk in poverty. I will never, I will never, ever forsake them. And the Lord wants you to know that you are rich. And he wants you to, when you look in the mirror, he wants you to see that you're rich. You are abundant. You have the abundance and the resources of all of heaven. The Lord's saying, when you look in the mirror, you need to see a princess clothed in the finest garments. The Lord says, when you look in the mirror, you need to see a prince clothed in the finest garments. The Lord's saying, you have to look at yourself and know that you are abundant, you are wealthy. And the Lord's saying, now, now that you know this, with what you have, go bless Go be generous to your friend. Go be generous to your, uh, your pastors. Go be generous to your parents. Go be generous to businesses with your time, with your resources, with your finances. Now that you know that you are abundant, you have all the resources of heaven at your disposal, go and be a blessing to the nations. Lord, I thank you for these sons and daughters. I just declare, even, even circumstantially, you're lifting them out of this season, God. You're lifting them out of this financial struggle, God. And Lord, I thank you what you're manifesting right now on the inside of them. You're going to manifest in the reality around them. I thank you that these ones, it's turning around. Not because you want to bless them, but because you want to activate them as the blessors. Come on. Lord, I thank you for these ones. Now, everyone else, I want you to put out your hands and just receive this word. Lord, I just declare the mantle of princes and princesses, God. They're going to walk in the authority of royalty. They're no longer going to walk as a beggar or a pauper or someone who's broke or poor, but they're going to walk in the riches of the kingdom. I declare whatever their copper coins are, God, they're going to give it and give it joyfully. And I thank you. The joy of the Lord is going to come upon them this season, this Christmas, because of their generosity. There's a new expectation of joy that's coming upon them in Jesus name. Ha <laughs> Lord, I thank you for the joy of being able to give as you give. Come on. Lord, I bless these ones and I thank you that, Lord, your blessing is going to flow through them. Thank you for this congregation of princes, of royalty, of princesses. And I thank you that they're going to walk in it. And we're going to see our, our community, their circles of influences, and our city transformed. Haha. <laughs> we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on. Yeah. I feel like God's not done. I want you to stand up in the presence of God. And this is what I want you to do for next 30 seconds. I want you to break the poverty mindset. Come on, come against the poverty mindset. And I want you to receive. Okay? Some of us, we feel like, some of us, we feel like we lack money. But some of us, we feel like we lack time. Like you want to spend more time with 
your loved ones, but somehow after, after, after a week goes by, you haven't even spent any quality time with your family. There are areas in your life where you feel like it's lacking. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to open your mouth. Come on. You received a powerful word. Open your mouth, and I want you to break that poverty mindset from your mind, from your family, from this house, from this nation, from this uh, 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 from this city. Come on. Let me hear you pray. Come on, that's good. I want to activate you in blessing. Right now, I want you to bless your neighbors. I want you to bless people that are coming to your heart right now. I want you to release blessing. I want you to stop praying for yourself, but start blessing others right now. Come on, with your words. I want you to declare blessings over your city. I want you to declare blessings over your friends. Blessings over your families. I want you to declare blessing over the people that you know. Blessings over businesses, God. Come on, right now, I want you to release the blessing of the Lord. Lord, I thank you. These are rich people. Right now, we bless this congregation, God. We bless this city, God. We bless this region in Jesus' name. We bless the ones that we love. We bless our family members, God. We bless our sons and daughters. We bless our sisters and brothers. We bless our fathers and mothers. God, we bless our enemies, God. We bless those who come against us. We bless against those who oppose us, God. We bless. We bless. We bless. We thank you, God. Hey, I want to do one more thing. I don't care what your bank account says. Maybe you are pretty well off and you have thousands of dollars. Maybe you have 25 cents. I don't care. But if you feel like hearing this message, you're saying, you know what? From this day on, I want to be the blesser. And, you know, I feel like, and I'm not just asking. Of course, everybody, of course, all of us want to be blessers. Of course, we're going to all bless others. But I feel like there's a handful of you. There's some of you, God, it's your destiny. It's your destiny to be the kingdom financiers. And I don't, I don't want you to look at your bank account to see maybe I'm not because I'm not living it. I don't want you to look at your bank account. But if you feel like, you know what, I, I, I know that is my destiny. But I haven't lived it out yet. Or I'm not living up to what I would like. If that's you, if you feel like I am called to be that radical, generous kingdom, generous blesser, if you feel like that's you, I want you to come forward. Because we want to lay our hands on you. We want to believe with you. Because not only are you going to bless this house or your family members, you're going to bless the nations. Amen? Abraham's these are Abraham's kingdom Abraham's you are to be the source of blessing for the nations God has called you by name my son my daughter I will give you I will release my kingdom resources upon you and you will release for I trust you for I trust your heart you will release kingdom resources Let's get to the best of 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 the best
Rest of you, I want you to reach. I want you to anoint and pray, intercede for these brothers and sisters that are in the front. Come on, pray, intercede for them right now. Yes, God. God, we anoint. God, we empower. We activate, God, these kingdom, kingdom blessers, God. And Father, by the authority you've given us in Jesus' name, Father, from this moment on, God, you are going to not only change their mind, but you're going to change their circumstances. God, I see businesses, God, business ideas, God. I see, God, I see multiplication, God. I see, God, fruitfulness. God, I see the, the bank account numbers rising. Rising, rising. You are blessed. Come on, you are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. And you're going to release blessings. Father, right now, we, t- we just take authority over discouragement. God, so many of your sons and daughters have felt this. God, have been pursuing this. But some of them been, have been very discouraged, God. Father, we break the discouragement off of our, our, our sons and daughters' minds. You will be empowered. Michael and Veronica, this is what the Lord says to you. You know, when you heard about tips for Jesus, not only were you excited, but your heart broke because there were so many times where you wanted to do the same thing for others, where you wanted to radically bless others, even strangers, but it broke your heart because you weren't able to. And the Lord says that that timing of lack, God said, I have limited that time. And I've given you that heart of generosity because it is your destiny. One day, and not one day, I'm not talking about 10 years later, but I'm talking about one year later. Exactly a year later, your financial situation will radically, radically transform. And not only will you radically bless strangers, but I see you blessing families, churches, even businesses. So, Father, we declare that over Veronica and Michael. Wow. Blessing, I will bless you, and in multiplying, 
I will multiply you. And the Lord says that there's a generational blessing upon your life that will not fail and come upon your children. God says, I will bless you by hearing the cries of your heart for your children. And the Lord says, all of your children will be taught by God, and not one of them will be lost. So we just speak that blessing over your life today. Come on. Hallelujah. Let me just pray one more over one more over you. One more time. Lord, we just establish everyone in this truth, God. Lord, this is no prosperity gospel. This is gospel. This is the truth, God. You want your people to be blessed, not so that they can be, you know, wealthy, but so that they could be a blessing. And so I activate these radical, generous givers in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, that increase is coming. Lord, we love you. We pray you keep us safe during these holidays. And we just honor you, baby Jesus. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> we honor you, Jesus. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That's it.